0: Man, if you've been watching the news on Major League Baseball this week, this could be the greatest week ever, right? Conspiracy theories—it just won't go away. What did I see now, Nelly? They had—they were, were there's some internet sleuth that says they're wearing buzzers. They were wearing a wire, man. They were like, uh, you know, going into like a mob boss's meeting. Like the, the the
1: Astros are wearing wires. Yeah, supposedly they were wearing wires and if it was a certain pitch it would buzz.
2: I see a picture of oh, someone did like a montage of pictures of every player that had like a little it looked like a little wire in their jersey or whatever. It's pretty funny, man.
1: And then there was that uh, walk off home run by El Tuve where he said, Don't grab my jersey or don't rip my jersey off. How many play- right. how many
2: teams are doing it?
0: Why And you would say, well, why don't you take your jersey up? Because he was wearing a freaking wire mm-hmm. underneath his
1: jersey. A little buzzer.
0: Um, what a crazy That's story. actually
1: next level because we that were talking about next stealing, stealing signs is one thing, and it's kind of what you've done basically since Little League. They just are using more technology, and it's easier for them now. This buzzer is a whole nother level. Bzz.
0: Right. We had the debate earlier in the week about you know baseball's been cheating for 150 years. Why do we care now? Or why does this raise to the level? And the, the the common comeback is technology. Technology once once they started using technology, and I still wasn't really buying it. People have been using stuff to steal signs since the 60s. But yes, absolutely, Nelly. Now, now I might finally say. The Astros are the beta, the They're biggest bigs. cheaters of all time. The fact that if this is purporting, the Astros, of course, are denying this part. But if the, everything else has been right, so I don't know what why I would not believe this. If they really got to the level where they were wearing a buzzer under their jerseys, not now. I think it raises rises to the level yeah. of they really were cheating and cheating bad.
2: If you were not a buzzer, man, that's um, it's pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> like. Oof. Where's the where's the integrity of the game Miller? There was um Cora had a really interesting press conference last year that they unearthed now and and he was talking about devices and whatever and uh, making these like weird uh, comments that no like unabated no one even asked him about it and they said now it all makes sense he knew what was going on that's why he was fired yada yada yada. I want to know cuz doesn't David Stearns come from that Houston Astros yep. stream? Yeah. Oh
0: yeah.
2: I want to know man. Could have F- Nelly had the conspiracy a couple months ago, David Stearns. Well, that was the analytics thing, though, wasn't it? This password stealing. Yeah, that was the
1: analytic database, and that was uh, that was during the uh, senior tour. Yeah. At University Ridge, that was that Friday. Yeah, that was a oh, while ago. I, I yeah. think
0: there's uh, a very good chance that Stearns was involved or knows or saw or something. Um, from the hacking of the computers to the science stealing, I mean, clearly Houston don't give an F about anything. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't surprise me at all.
1: Maybe is that why the Brewers are counterbalancing with how bad their challenge reviews have been? <laughs> it's the, like for, the, the force like balancing. Last. They were dead last at, what, roughly 20%? He's like, we got to make up for this by being awful with our reviews.
0: Speaking speaking of, speaking of uh, d bags, yeah, that, I think that was a d bag win last summer because uh, the Brewers. It was just there were a couple that were just like so obvious, like really, and they still uh, they still weren't overturned. But yeah, that Astros story, man, that now that takes it to another level. Um, I, I can no longer defend or say baseball. It's just part of the unwritten rules. When you're if that's true, and you're wearing a wire. Uh, pretty nuts like when you know when when you see the spy movie and you, and you walk in and you say is he t- check him he's wearing a wire like are we gonna every time an astro player goes to the plate now is the ref gonna lick, pat the, him down yeah, he's gonna are you Astros, lift your shirt up Yep, the Astro's gonna be padded down are they gonna have the sweeper for bugs where the ref's got the little thing reep, reep, and like now wouldn't that be funny oh my god what yeah, an unbelievable as, as your walk-up
1: music's playing the ump's got a little metal on you
0: have
1: any metal you on you photo? can you empty out your pocket, sir <laughs> See What's the that? photo that the Brewers posted about. There's no wires here. Where it was uh, when Thames hit the walk-off home run and they basically ripped his shirt off.
2: Well, when the, what, they said they, the caption was "There's
1: no wires here." Yeah, it was. It wasn't from someone on the Brewers, but it was uh, a Brewer fan account. Really? Well,
0: obviously, somebody knows something. So uh, yeah, crazy story, man. On the uh, Houston Astros, I, I'm just like I, I. That's like next Nelson. Help me. That's next-level cheating. It wearing totally a is. buzzer. I mean, like, I, I, I'm i just like, I don't even know how to process okay. that. I
2: can see someone, like, banging on a trash can when they think right. a certain pitch is coming. Because if you're a guy in second base and you think a certain pitch coming, right. you're going to do something. I could see a guy, I guess, banging on a trash can. because Weird, but yes, like can weird. get it. You're, you're banging on a trash can. That's not really that technological. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that these guys are wearing buzzers and someone's buzzing in. Buzz. What is this? Bees? Buzz. Wearing buzzers is nuts. It's nuts. Wearing use players were using wearable electronic devices or buzzers to relay the opposing team signs during the 2019 season. I want to know: Is this all fires? Did fires start this all?
0: Yeah, Mike fires. I mean, Billy Joel said, "We didn't start the fire." The new song is, "We didn't start the fires." Cause holy God. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I didn't think players and managers should be fired over this originally. I, I think every single person who's ever been, a, if this story is true, and again, this isn't confirmed, this is one, uh, Twitter conspiracy theory that somebody says they, uh, and, uh, and in a report that says they have this info, if this is true, like anyone who's ever been associated with the Houston Astros should be fired. Like that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And if they were wearing a buzzer system. This gets
2: even crazier. So Gary Sheffield's son (laughs) alleges that the Twitter account that brought it up was likely a burner for the whistle-blowing MLB player. So now we have Gary Sheffield's son.
1: Well, did you see who the burner they thought originally was? Was it? um, They thought it was. um, That one woman? Carlos Beltran's niece. (laughs) Yeah, his niece. Then it turns out that they think it's a burner.
2: Yeah, now they think Gary Sheffield's son. This thing is so many, it's like an this, onion. This yeah, is this a perfect is, conspiracy theory Friday. This is awesome. Alleges that the Twitter account was a burner Gary for Sheffield's a whistle son. blowing yeah. MLB player. Wow.
0: It's unbelievable.
2: Real quick, uh, we have a tweet. This one, I can't ever say his Twitter handle, but I'm going to try it anyways. Timu Jenkins yes. once says, I think the Astros have now passed Lance Armstrong Oof. as the dirtiest cheater or cheaters of all time. Oof. I remember, though, Lance Armstrong was threatening teammates. Yeah. And their families' yeah, lives. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. I, and the FBI had to investigate even Cheryl Crow. Yes, about <laughs> Lance were, she was, was his
0: doping girlfriend at the time. Yeah, that's a good question, team. I, I, but I'm with you, boy. I still. And Lance Armstrong had like a, a network of like blood donors, and they were like transfusing blood. And I don't know. That was a multi. <laughs> but you could say the Astros is a multi-million-dollar cheating corporate. I mean, that's a oh, good totally. question.
2: I mean, Lance Armstrong, though. If you were to go back to those Tour de France's and you and you took a, and everyone in the top 10, I think we were doping. Right. It wasn't everyone yeah. doping? Yes. You had to go all the way down to like the 20th was, place yeah. person that the wasn't doping? The guy who doping. took
0: like 29th. So that's a, the difference if you believe Mike Fires, who claims the reason he did it is because when he was playing for the A's, we he's now on, they weren't doing it, aren't doing it, and he thought it was an unfair advantage. The difference here is everybody in cycling was doping I you could argue is everybody in baseball cheating to this level or not
2: yeah um I have some interesting tweets but I'll, I'll save those from the burner account that they don't know who it is
0: so it's, it's crazy I'm doing something that I admittedly hate but I can't help it this is like rubbernecking on the belt line this baseball stuff they want to talk about the NFC championship game obviously but I can't help it so, so give me and now you've, you've you've enticed me even more with these the 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 Burner account, which is the accusation that they were wearing wires and buzzer yeah. systems. So what? give me some of the goods. So this
2: this Twitter account came out. It was at uh, so underscore blessed one. And it was a picture of it was Beltran's niece, right, Noe?
1: That's what I heard.
2: So first it was, it was a Twitter profile picture of Beltran's niece. And the tweet says, I'm told to stay quiet, but I refuse. Sorry, Tio." Jose Altuve and Bregman wore devices that buzzed on inside right shoulder from hallway video guy. Let's get it all out right now. And then another tweet says, I have pictures from the locker room I will keep for a rainy day. Altuve didn't want his short turn off, if I remember. Maybe I misspoke, but Chapman gave up a home run in that game. And then these two burner accounts, everyone thought it was Beltran's niece. Now, Gary Sheffield's son has come out to say that it's not Beltran's niece. It's actually an MLB player who's the whistleblower. Wow. And it's wild. So then someone I saw on Twitter went and found a ton of pictures of a lot of Astros players and other players where it looked like you could see on their, on their right shoulder is uh, this little, it just looks like a, something sticking out of their shirt a little bit. You can see a bump in their shirt where a buzzer would be. And there's a ton. There's a picture uh, montage of them all. And you know how the shirt has wrinkles in it and stuff. You know when you're moving around. But this one just looked unnatural. Like something was embedded yeah. under it.
0: It's wild, dude.
2: Isn't Twitter the craziest thing ever? With burner. I know. You- how many times have burner accounts gotten people in trouble right. or like you know exposed well, something? And, and here's the
0: thing. Back to our. It seems like everything now revolves around uh, don't up with cats. And somebody's gonna figure it out, right? If if if. If Netflix documentaries have taught us every anything, whether it's to catch a murder or don't up with cats or the Aaron Hernandez thing now, somebody will figure it out, right? Yep. So this burner account ain't safe. So if it really is a Major League Baseball player, someone's going to find you because that's what we do. We find you. On, on social media. So they're, already so they're doing gonna it. they're gonna get got eventually.
2: On Twitter, they already had a video of El Tuve's home run when he comes he comes to the plate, a walk off home run, he comes to the plate and everyone's crowding him. You know, when they jump around at home yeah. plate and they tear their jersey off. And he won't take his he jersey. He won't up. take it off. Everyone's trying to take it off but he keeps he keeps hunkering down and holding his jersey down. And yeah. they said, Wow, there's like this is a weird ending at the home run plate And this guy says allegations about it, yada yada yada, makes this clip a lot more obvious that Altuve holding his jersey, making sure no one rips it off after he hit his walk off home run.
1: He's like literally like hunkering down. Everyone celebrates. Did you see the video of him after he hit that home run? His interview. Yeah, know what he said because it's a very weird interview. They asked him why he didn't want his jersey ripped off after the home run. And he said, "Excuse me, I didn't hear you." Yeah, it almost giving him some time to think about an right. excuse. And then they asked the question again. I believe it was Buster only that was interviewing him. And then his excuse was, "I'm a little bit shy. I don't want my wife to get jealous."
2: So he comes running to home plate, holding his jersey already, yeah. while his whole team's waiting for him Because he knew at they were going to mob him. He's holding his jersey, and then he, after they do that little mob, and he's like, he's like hunkering down so no one can grab his jersey. He runs straight. He runs straight to the dugout and Immediately goes into the locker room after a walk-off home run against Chapman.
0: It's it is an absolutely uh crazy story, man. Uh, 608 321 1670. All right, I gotta get that out of the way. I, I, I gotta it's stop It's crazy. People. You got stop me. Maybe, maybe no, if I, have a I glass. don't want we want I mean, no, we have a sports talk, talk, talk radio about, station. I know, but I want to have four about hours. The All right, it's just I can't, it's insane. They were wearing a buzzer under their jersey. <laughs> and there's an MLB
2: player who's a whistleblower using Beltran's niece's picture does as this a this mean Rob burn. Manfred's
0: going to be impeached? Is there going to be a? Is there going to be a, uh, How a hearing? How deep does it go? <laughs> oh my God! The 49ers, a seven and a half point favorite, has not moved an inch all week. So the question is: Do the 49ers win and cover? Ie, it's a pretty blowout type game on Sunday night, 49ers win, but don't cover Packers. Keep it close within a touchdown or the option. We all want to see Packers win outright. Those are your choices. Um, It is a little bit surprising that the line hasn't moved a bit like the, the Titan line. uh, Nellie, correct me if I'm wrong, that's gone down throughout the week, right? Like money coming in on Tennessee and it's still coming. It's down to seven and I still see 56% of the money on the Titans the Packers opened at 7.5 and, and have stayed at 7.5, which means it's pretty much been a 50-50 proposition all week that the the sharp money feels like Vegas has got it about perfect, that the 49ers are a little bit better than a touchdown favorite.
1: Yeah, early in the week, I think uh, that Packer game was around 7, but it's basically been 7.5 most of the week. And, yeah, there's still been money trickling in on Tennessee as that's moved from 7.5 the last few days down to – In some spots, seven.
0: Yeah, which is weird uh, because, again, the Packers are the – think about this, you guys. The Packers are the two-seed playing the one-seed 49ers. The Titans are the six-seed. Now, I get it. They're the hot team. They've taken out New England and Baltimore in the last two weeks. That's pretty impressive. But they're still the six-seed playing the two-seed, and the the six-seed is a smaller underdog than the two-seed. Yeah, think uh, about that. The Packers won three more games in the regular season, five if you count playoffs, than Tennessee. And Kansas City is playing, or Tennessee is playing the reigning MVP. Yet they're a smaller underdog. I mean, I look, I get San Francisco's defense is great. They've looked, they look great last week against. Minnesota, but to say that the Packers are a bigger underdog than Tennessee playing that explosive offense, that's that is a little wacky. to me.
2: All right, so Verbiage you got it ready. Joe Nebo wonderings. Vegas has San Francisco favored by 7.5 in the NFC Championship game. What happens between the Packers and Niners? You said 49ers win and cover. 49ers win and don't cover. Packers win outright. Yeah, you go. So what was the spread when the two met in late November? Was it five? I think it was four, four yeah, four, yeah, four, four and a half. Four
0: points. So it's gone up, and that's the other thing. It's gone up. Now, obviously, the Packers lost that game. 37-8. to eight, yeah, but, but the Packers hasn't lost sense. They have not lost sense. Uh, they did just beat Seattle, a team that beat San Francisco in San Francisco and became, and were one butt cheek away from beating the 49ers to in the regular season, which would have given Seattle the division, and San Francisco would have been the wild card. So, I mean, yeah, you, we talk about this a lot. You go down the this team beat this team act, but... My, I'm thinking Seattle. A very they did it. I think Seattle can beat San Francisco. Green Bay beat Seattle. There, I mean, I think the Packers can win this game. I'll save my pick till the end. But it is a little weird to see it. The line be that big and to see it not move and to see Tennessee, who yeah. opened as a bigger underdog. Now pass up Green Bay and the Titans are less of a dog in their game than the Packers are in their Isn't game. Isn't that
2: the weirdest part? I mean, Tennessee Titans led by Ryan Tannehill are 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 you know what, what's the line at again? You said for t- six six, six, and, six and, a and a half against Patrick Mahomes yep. and the high powered Chiefs. Yet Aaron Rodgers, who is you know an all timer, against Jimmy Garoppolo, who what is? I mean, what's Jimmy a game manager?
0: He's I mean he's a middle of the pack quarterback. Yeah
2: seven and a half that this doesn't make sense to me. Is it, is there a, can you say it's a trap or is it, are they throwing smoke screens or no, what I, is it?
0: I mean, what do you think Nelson? I, I guess to me, no, is, I the answer to this question is they just think that San Francisco's defense is that dominant and that Tennessee has a better team. To, not that they're going to win, but they have a better formula of keeping it close because Derrick Henry's a great running back and they can control the clock and they can keep Patrick Mahomes off. So, I guess Vegas theory be able is to
3: look
1: at past games too. San Francisco blew out Green Bay. Tennessee actually beat yeah, Kansas beat City. Kansas City. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Um, I look and maybe you know you asked. I, I was listening uh, to the replay of the Amon Green show last night. I Was driving home from the gym and you were talking to Amon about momentum is a real thing in sports and yeah. how you were talking about how the the, sw- the swings in that game last week with Seattle. I mean, certainly. There's no two more impressive wins back-to-back than beating the Patriots and the Ravens, both on the road. I mean, this does feel very 2010 Packers-esque to what Tennessee's doing. Green Bay was the sixth seed, by the way, that year in the playoffs and just got on fire going into the playoffs, and we know the rest is history. Tennessee feels like that. I mean, when you take out Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in their building and then you follow it up with beating the what's going to be the runaway MVP, the team that only lost two games – I get why Vegas is hot on Tennessee and saying they shouldn't even be an underdog in this game. I mean, Kansas City's not as good as Baltimore, New England. Why do we think Tennessee can't win this game? That being said, they still are a team that had to get into the playoffs on the last week of the regular season. It's, as you just said, it's still Ryan Tannehill who's had a decent season, but. Are you really trusting Ryan Tannehill over Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers? Like, I, it just doesn't. Something, something's off here. Something is off. That Ryan Tannehill and, and Jimmy Garoppolo are the favored quarterbacks really over Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. That just that just doesn't sound right.
2: You know, and then you look at the Niners. Is uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't in this game, let's say Jimmy Garoppolo was out, what would you think the line would be affected by? Would it even be that much?
0: That's a great question. I mean, it would have to be, but, yeah, it's, I don't Make think a this line. No, I, you're right. I mean, I, this line isn't because of
1: Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: No. This line's because of San Francisco's defense. Yeah. It might not even – I wonder, what it yeah, even – It would change. if it's It would and change, right but how much right now, would it change, C.J. Though?
1: Beathard in there, it'd probably be like three and a half.
0: You think it would change that much? Yeah. I, I mean, Garoppolo's a decent quarterback, but I get what your point is, Ibo, and it's a good one, of is the line being influenced – I don't – I mean – if the Packers lose on Sunday, they're not going to lose forty-one thirty-eight in a shootout. Dude. They're going to lose twenty-seven and nothing because against, San Francisco's defense is that dominant. Against
2: the Vikings, Jimmy Garoppolo was eleven for nineteen of the hundred and thirty-one yards, a touchdown, an interception. <laughs> eleven of he completed eleven yeah. passes.
0: Well, and go look at what Tannehill did against Baltimore. Yeah, that's true too. He was like eight of nine. He, he hit like eighty yards, like. These teams are winning because of their defense. I don't know what that says. And run. Yeah, running and playing defense. I don't know what that says. Oh, dude,
2: is Tannehill even better? He was 7 for 14.
0: 7 for 14. But
2: 88 yards, but two tutties he passed for. And they dominated that game. Well, Derrick Henry, dude. Didn't Derrick Henry throw a touchdown pass? He did. Yeah, he did. And he had 195 yards on 30 carries. What a monster. (sighs) But then you look at the Niners' rushing attack. I mean, Coleman had 22 carries for 105 yards. Mozart had 12 carries for 58 yards. Breda had 8 carries for 17 yards. I mean, they're just a juggernaut for running the ball.
0: Maybe uh, you've said it a lot this season. It's not Aaron Rodgers' team. It's Aaron Jones' team. Maybe these point spreads are telling us that if the Packers have any prayer on Sunday, Aaron Jones has to have like 175 rushing yards. Crazy numbers. What... Do you make of them, Packer fans? Wine is flowing like beer, to quote the great Lloyd Christmas. The
2: wig hair is flowing.
0: Hopefully there is not another wig gate situation here today. Uh, All right. uh, Let me ask both you guys. We've had this poll in the field now for just under an hour. uh, 50, 80 votes as a hit refresh in. Uh, Close, all three, but Packers winning outright, still a slight lead. Do you buy that vote, Ebo? And then I want to know what the three of you guys voted for. Man. Um, I like guess RJ left. We can ask him when he comes back. The two of you guys voted for.
2: So when I look at this, I honestly think I have this feeling this, this in my heart of hearts that the Packers are going to win outright. Like in my heart, I feel it deep down to my core. It could be full circle. I
0: your plums? Is it still your down plums? Down in
2: my plums, too. It's definitely down in my plums. It's my whole being. It's my whole essence. It runs through me. The Packers are going to win. You had third the third time out in Cali. First time, one too good against the Chargers. Second time, one too good against the Niners. Third time, I think they're going to get it right. What better way, though, for it to come full circle for Aaron Rodgers? And we're going to hear it at a nauseating level on Sunday. I get it, but I think it's worth noting. Chip on his shoulder. 49ers snub him in the draft. What does Aaron Rodgers say after the Packers draft? Him? That the 49ers he's going to make them regret they didn't take him. Rogers, the Cali kid, who grew up a group of Niners fan, then snubbed by the Niners in the draft, comes back to California, the NFC championship game, one game away from the Super Bowl, after a season of well, being average and hearing all the people, including myself doubting him at times, which, you know, I apologize for that, Aaron Rodgers. He comes out and he has the game of the ages. Wow. As a ultimate, You're the sizzle, as Ebo. an ultimate fu to the Niners snubbing him in the draft, and he wills the Packers for an outright outright win, which I voted in the poll. Packers win outright and wow. leads the team to the Super Bowl.
0: Ebo, impressive. My heart of
2: hearts. Down in my plums. Wow. My whole being my essence.
0: I wouldn't have saw that coming. Now if the the guy that I'm about to ask says that, then I'll then I'll feel like this wine has got like hundred and ninety proof wine we're drinking. So Nelson and it could
2: be the wine, but I've only had four sips. <laughs> I
0: was gonna say we're not we're not drunk yet. Uh Nelson, give me the what Evo just said. Uh out of the three choices, Packers win outright, Packers lose but cover, or Packers get boat raced.
1: I think this is gonna be an extremely tight game, the whole game. And I actually voted for the 49ers to win but not cover. I just think they're superiorly more talented, and they still have the better head coach. A lot of things, in my opinion, point to the 49ers. I'm not saying the Packers can't win. I just think LaFleur does come back. They do get it right, and they have a better performance, and I think it's a within a touchdown game.
2: Um. Yeah, I could. Say, I mean, I mean, like, I can totally I, see. I think it's gonna be a really close game.
0: I agree. I I, I think the uh, the the blowout stuff is um, is silly. And I like I you can do whatever you want, Vegas, with this line. I'll say thank you for the plus seven and a half. Uh, I still. I mean, I guess I get the Titans thing. Do you guys feel like the Titans have a little two thousand and ten Packers in them? Like they're just the sixth seed that got hot late, I mean, and nobody wants to play them, and I mean, that's why. They're not as big no. of an underdog as the Packers are. No,
2: because Aaron Rodgers was unconscious. He like. Aaron...
0: But has Derrick Henry been unconscious in this
2: run? I mean, he did throw a touchdown pass last game, so I guess he has that going for him. If you want to, you know, channel his inner Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers though in that 2010 run, he was not good against the Bears in the NFC Championship game.
0: No, not not at all. I mean, it was. But the... outside of that, he was but phenomenal. To get to, yes, to get to that game and then in the Super Bowl. Um, the 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 Falcon game is still to this day the greatest quarterback performance I've ever seen. I mean, they scored 48 points and he was uh, out of his mind. So, but you're right. The NFC Championship game, which is the game we're talking about on Sunday, uh, he was average to below average. It was Clay Matthews, Charles Woodson, and B.J. Raji who single handedly won that game. Um, so again, you go back to Sunday then, and you ask the question. I you know I don't know what what Jimmy Garoppolo was worth. I think Nelson's right. Just but that's. Nelson, don't you think that, to Ebo's question about Jimmy Garoppolo, would if he was out, how much would it affect the spread? Don't you think they're just doing that because they feel like they have to change the spread because of certain quarterbacks out? I mean, San Francisco's not winning I mean, on Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo
1: was clearly better than C.J. Beathard.
0: Yeah, but they're not winning these games. They're winning these games because that defensive line is insane.
1: Well, they're not necessarily winning all these games because of Jimmy Garoppolo, but if you if you put in a quarterback that is well below average, it's going to make a difference in a decent amount. of I mean, games.
2: Jimmy GQ threw an interception against the Niners, and then the Niners said, "We're going to exclusively run the football," and they ended up just dominating yep. the Niners. Jimmy GQ, if if you want the Packers, if the Packers, I mean, this sounds stupid. If the Packers want to win this game, obviously they want to win the game. You got to make Jimmy GQ beat you.
0: I agree, but I just, I, but how do you? That's, that's on, the way
1: you. That's the the best chance the Packers have is letting Jimmy G try to beat them but it's not saying that uh, Jimmy G's a bad quarterback. But that's, no, yeah, exactly. It's not a
0: bad quarterback. No, I think he's a decent quarterback, but that's the Packers on defense. That, to me, is how do the Packers score on the 49ers? Because, yes, Minnesota's more of a run first team than Green Bay is, but it's still what, what they did to Dalvin Cook, nine carries, 18 yards. I mean, yeah, I still believe, Ebo, that Aaron Rodgers has a turn back the clock moment at some point, and maybe it's Sunday. But I don't know, man, if Aaron Jones has nine carries for 18 yards, I'm not feeling too confident about this game on Sunday.
2: No, I'm not. I mean, what do you think happens with, you know, Aaron Jones has been able to find the end zone a lot. Can he get yardage?
0: What was the line Mon said yesterday about getting into the end? He didn't have like a, he had 60 yards, but he found the end zone. What was the, uh, the term we used? Oh, uh, man, I can't when remember you, when right when He it was, it was like, I don't remember. Amon made a pretty good point about that because we asked that. I mean, like, Jones had a decent game. I think it's more about the touches maybe than the yards. What's the number? Is it 20, Nelson, or 25 when Jones touches 20. the ball? When 20. When he touches the ball 20 times, 20 they, or more. they haven't lost a game this year. 20
2: or more times. Packers are... Uh... So maybe
0: it's not so much about yards. It's how many times. If Aaron Jones touches the ball twenty times on Sunday, the Packers win. You buy that? You, can we agree on that statement? Forget about the yards. It's about
2: well, dude. Because, I mean, Aaron Jones touched the ball twenty-one times. He carried the ball twenty-one times against the Seahawks and only had sixty-two yards, and they won. And they won.
0: I mean, did, wasn't there a game? Now he had like four touchdowns, but wasn't there the was it the Bronco game? He had twenty yards, but he touched the ball twenty times and he had four touchdowns and they won. Like, I think it's not so much about the yardage. It's about because you're keeping the ball Dude. and you're doing both <laughs> ways, you're having Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers, and you're you have a running threat, which gives you an ability to not have to rely on these crappy wide receivers outside of Devontae Adams.
2: Yeah, uh, well, Aaron Jones actually, he touched the, against the Broncos ten times for nineteen yards, but uh, he got found in the end zone a couple of times. Jamal Williams getting some work too. I think you're going to see a nice dose of Aaron Jones, nice dose of Jamal Williams and I I think it's going to be the, – the thing that scares me the most is Devontae Adams was so good against the Seahawks, and he was so effective, and his route running was just so incredible. Aaron Rodgers was able to hook up with him. What happens if, I don't know, Richard
1: Sherman, someone shuts
2: down Devontae Adams?
1: Yeah, that's a problem. Um, I'll say this, though. Richard Sherman doesn't necessarily play man-to-man all the yeah, time. Yeah, he only He saves. likes to sit in zone. Yeah. But I will be extremely disappointed if we saw – Aaron Rodgers' performance like he did against Seattle, where he didn't even look to a third of the field.
4: All
0: right, 608-321-1670. 1, what say you? What's the what's the recipe to win on Sunday? I have, I have a question for you guys as far as your viewing habits, because I have two scenarios that have been offered on Sunday, and I don't know which is the better, because – I get really nervous for big games, and I'm, like, already nervous about Sunday. Of course. So I got to get your guys' take on my collective Packard Nation's viewing habits for this game on Sunday. The biggest question is, to me, where does this – and I know we talked a little bit when you made a special appearance with us on Monday. Where does this rank really as far as all-time surprises where we sat a year ago today – Matt Lafleur was one week on the job as the Packer head coach. Uh, the fallout of Mike McCarthy was was, was full on. Uh, we hadn't even got to the Bleacher Report and all the fallout from that. We hadn't even gotten to free agency. We hadn't even gotten to what are they going to do with Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews and other veterans. I mean, to where they were a year ago today to this, forty-eight hours away from the Super Bowl potentially. How, how crazy has this run been for you?
5: Well, crazy for me, and obviously even crazier for them, Joe. I, you know, right now I put it on a par with '07, when nobody expected much of Mike McCarthy's second team, coming off an eight and eight season, where Brett Favre was 37 years old. I want to say when that when that particular season started, yeah, he would have turned 38 in October of '07. So he was 37 when that year started. Rodgers is 36 now. You guys remember that '07 team went 13 and three lost to the Giants in the NFC Championship game. This is This is a team coming off, what, 13 wins, guys, in the last two years. 13, 18, and 1. I think Vegas had them at 9 to start the year. I think Vegas gave Chicago and Minnesota higher odds to to win the division than they did Green Bay. I think Green Bay was anywhere from 10 or 12 to 1 to win the conference. And, And here they sit, guys, 60 minutes away from playing in another Super Bowl. So, Um, I I think 2010, Joey takes the cake, uh, just because they, they came from nowhere. They were eight and six. I know expectations for that team were really high, but, uh, they were were eight and six at one point in time and and caught fire down the stretch to win the Super Bowl. So that that probably ranks number one. Uh, but I would put this right now at number two in the last quarter century or so, uh, with that old team guys.
2: Rob, let me ask you if the Packers want to, and we—I think it's, it might be obvious, but I have to ask the big J over here and Rob Reichel if the Packers want to win Sunday. Do they try and make Jimmy GQ beat them?
3: Yeah, they have
5: to, Evo. I mean, I—I I think that's the—that's the path to victory. But it, but it's so much easier said than done. And you know, I was talking to a bunch of the defensive linemen about that this week, and they—they they were all kind of marveling a little bit at the fact, you know, not only did did, did San Francisco run the ball 47 times against Minnesota guys. But after Sherman had that pick in the third quarter, I, I want to say they ran it like 12 or 14 straight times. Yeah, uh, And I mean, Minnesota knew what was coming every single play. It was almost like watching Badger football against Rutgers or something like that guys. You you hmm. knew what was coming down in and down out playing and play out. And Minnesota guys, you know, this they have a good front. They have a, they have a really strong front seven they couldn't stop it. So I mean Green Bay in you know, the major run defense statistical categories is in the twenties. San Francisco's run offense is number two. But the only way they're gonna slow down that offense, guys, is is to keep San Francisco under four yards of carry. Um, no ma you know, don't don't look at the total yards at the end. Look at look at the yards per carry, what they wind up getting. I mean, San Francisco would love to run the ball again 40 times. But but if you can can put them in third and long guys or third and mediums and make Jimmy G have to beat you through the air, you know, I I think they can hold up on the edges against those wideouts guys. It's it's Kittle that's going to be maybe a guy they just don't have an answer for at the end of the day. But still, their, their best path defensively to slow San Francisco down is to slow the run and then make Jimmy G go ahead and beat you because if the Forty ers get that running game going, guys, get, you know, Green Bay <sighs> Green Bay has almost no chance really to win this football game.
0: Visiting with our Packer insider Rob Reichel. So to that point, Robbie, I mean, we we debated this the other day. Is you know, is is the Packers formula to 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 make it ugly to to out physical a physical Forty Nine er team, or do you see a scenario where there could be an Aaron Rodgers turn back the clock day? And you know he throws for 350 yards, and the Packers hang 35 points. Or do you say no? Screw that. The only way they can do this is to out tough a tough team, and the offensive line's got to show up, and they got to establish the line of scrimmage, and they got to shut down San Francisco's line of scrimmage when they're on defense, and just out tough a team that's basically been the the best physical team in football this year.
5: Yeah, Joey, it might be a little bit of both. I mean, I don't know necessarily Rodgers. We'll have one of those 353 touchdown kind of games. I, I, I just don't think San Francisco allows that to happen. They're just too good on that side of the ball. What they need him to do, Joe, is be remarkably efficient. Um, and let's say he even throws the ball only 30 times. He, he's got to complete 22 of those. He, he can't have a 27 for 55 kind of game like he did against the Lions. He's got to be razor sharp like he was last week against Seattle. Um, he, he's got to average 10 yards for pass attempt guys, not seven, like he's averaged, you know, the last handful of years. He, you know, look, look at that number when, when the game is all said and done if they have to hit a couple of deep shots along the way. Um, they, they, I don't think guys they can dink and dunk their way down field. I, I don't think it can be, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to have the level of third down success, for example, that they had last week against Seattle at some point in time against this team, you're going to have to hit a couple of deep shots. And, and my guess is Seattle will do everything, or sorry, San Francisco will do everything possible to take away Adams. And it's going to be a lot harder for Devontae Adams, you know, to have it, even if they force feed him the ball guys all game, he, he's not going to have numbers anywhere near like he did last week with the eight for one sixty and two touchdowns. It'll, it'll probably be closer guys to that seven reception, 43 yard kind of game he had the, the first time against this team. Cause they'll either travel Sherman with Adams guys, or they're going to bracket Adams over the top and, and Rodgers is going to have to go to other places with the ball. So, guys, when that happens, I mean, San Francisco's one weak spot on defense is that second corner that that they can maybe hit a couple deep balls. You might see a, a guy like MVS reemerge in this game, guys. And they, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember that 19th Who, Wild Card game. Where Favre went out there and Terrell Owens eventually won the game, but but they hit a couple deep balls in that game to Corey Bradford, and and they almost have to have a, a game similar to that, guys, where where they get a couple things over the top because you're you're not you're not going to pick apart this team and have 12 and 14 and 16 play drives. They're they're just too good on the defensive side of the ball, you know. And then the physicality, Joe. I mean, there, there's no question. You you guys remember that 2014 NFC Championship game out in Seattle for? For 45, maybe 50, 55 minutes, Green Bay undoubtedly was the phys- more physical, the tougher team, even though Seattle came in with the reputation of being that team. So Green Bay has to rise to that level, guys, from a physicality standpoint and, and, uh, and really win that war at the end of the day to, to have any chance of hanging around late in the fourth quarter.
0: And by the way, real quick, Evo, by the way, Rob, uh, the, uh, Jerry Rice fumbled that ball in 1999. The, totally Packers, the Packers won that game, just to be clear.
5: Yeah, and if you guys remember, I mean, Ron Wolf and Holmgren were livid afterwards. Holmgren was on the competition committee and was a big part of, of getting that instant replay changed, uh, which has really changed the course of football, guys, in, in the last 20-plus years. Rob, and it retired Mike Holmgren
0: from the Packers that he said, I can't do it anymore. I'm out of here. I'm going to Seattle.
5: No, I, I know. I mean, there were – but, guys, there have been times in the last 20 years where, where I, I'll tell you what, the, the replay system the way it is now is, is so – you know, it, it's just so time-consuming. It's it's so labor-intensive that, that I almost miss 1990s football at times without the replay because these yeah, guys get it right. wrong as much as they get it right.
2: Robbie, when it comes to Nick Bosa, how much is this line for the Green Bay Packers going to be, I mean, can they handle Nick Bosa? Can they give Aaron Rodgers time? Like, who, who scares you the most on that San Francisco 49ers defense? Is it Bosa? Is it Sherman? What is it?
5: It's undoubtedly, Evo the defensive line. Now, Sherman is still an elite corner. He's a top-five guy in the league. He can play zoner, man. It really doesn't matter. He can come up and press Adams if he wants to. He can sit back, and he's that good. But, Evo but the, the, the real struggle they're going to have, and, and, and I think Green Bay's tackles are so good guys, Bakhtiari and Balaga, that for the most part, I think they're going to hold up okay on the edges. You're not going to have to provide help. Um, and, you know, they, they might give up a pressure and a ding here and there. But for the most part, I, I think they'll be okay, guys, on the edges. I think what really worries you is the interior because San Francisco has terrific depth uh, at its defensive tackles. I mean, guys, you, you can scheme to take away a defensive end. Those, those big hogs in the middle, you, you can't move them. They're not going anywhere. So so if Lindsley and Jenkins and Turner can't block those guys, forget about it. it it's over. And, and they couldn't block them, guys. The first the first time through. You've got Buckner in there who's six seven and just a mountain of a man. Armstead will slide in and he'll play some tackle. Uh, Solomon Thomas, the third pick in a draft a few years ago, is part of that mix. I mean, guys, they're deep, they're talented. They they just they run wave after wave of, of defensive tackles at you, defensive linemen guys on a whole. But if Green Bay's interior three can't hold up inside and Rodgers has nowhere to go and he doesn't have uh, a lane to step uh, to step up and, and make his throws out of, um, there's really no chance for him to be successful because as he tries to leave the pocket guys, people like Boza are going to run him down. I mean, Boza runs like a running back. So um, they, they've got to win that battle inside, guys, um, or at least come to a draw with what San Francisco has from a defensive tackle perspective.
0: Uh, before we get to your game day pick, Robbie, uh, Ibo and I asked this question yesterday, talking about the future of Aaron Rodgers and how much more does he have in him. I mean, do you see any scenario with a loss Sunday or a win Sunday and then a storybook Super Bowl win where he he would hang it up, or do you think win or lose Sunday, win or lose if there is a Super Bowl, there's no doubt in your mind he's coming back for at least next year and maybe the life of this contract.
5: Oh yeah, no, there, there's no way he's gone, Joe. He's, talked about playing the 40 I think he's serious about that I, I I don't I don't even think retirement has crept into his imagination He he's not gonna you know play the drama card year in and year out the way Favre did and you guys know I love Favre to death but that you know that 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 soap opera he put people through year in and year out was it got to be extremely laborious I think and uh really really tugged at people and Rogers watched a lot of that unfold, and Rodgers doesn't want to do that, guys. So i I think Rodgers is around. I think Rodgers would love to finish his contract, Joe. They will have some outs after the 2020 season where it's not going to kill him financially and salary cap wise. Let's just let's just say he struggles next year, has another injury. It, it would actually it wouldn't be that difficult for Green Bay to get out of the contract after after the third year out of this four year deal. But but I think Rodgers wants to go another four or five guys. Um, it's interesting. I had some. I had a talk with a couple different people last week in the press box. More national guys that said, boy, he doesn't look washed up to me." And I said, "No, this is this is this is his best game in a long, long time. I mean, he was outstanding against Seattle. And and guys, you know, he he has struggled in NFC title games. He he is he has two out of his three where his passer rating was 55, uh, which is obviously unacceptable in a, in any in a, in a game, much less an NFC title game. And then the third one." He, the Rodgers and the Packers were down 31 nothing to Atlanta a few seasons back before they ever got going, and then he piled up some numbers at garbage time. So they need, they need Rodgers, guys, to, to have a 115, a 120, a 125 passer rating, be remarkably sharp, complete a high percentage of his passes, 10 yards per attempt, and, and, and they might have a shot,
0: guys. All right, stage is set. Rob Reichel, on, Packers, Robbie. a 7.5-point underdog. How does the great Rob Reichel on, see Robbie. the <laughs> NFC Championship game playing out Robbie. Sunday night? Well, you're, you're not going to like this, but oh, um, unbelievable.
5: I, <laughs> I, I think they lead, guys, most of the game. I, I think they lead certainly through three quarters. I, I think they take the fight to the 49ers early. I think there's a surprise in there. You know, guys, to ever go and pull off an upset and to win a game like this, I mean, you you need a punt return for a touchdown, a kick return. You need a scoop and a score like Craig Newsom had uh, in that 95 game out there. So I I think they get one of those early guys where they grab the momentum and, and maybe they lead going into the fourth quarter, but. Guys, I I just think San Francisco is too deep and they're too good, and eventually they slow down the offense where Green Bay just doesn't have enough playmakers at the end of the day. And and I'm going to say 20-16 49ers.
2: All right, Robbie, And on a high note. Greg Gard wills his Badgers (laughs) to a win over Michigan State tonight. Tell me so.
0: Is that F. Party? Yeah, we're a 10-point dog. We're going to win in the Big Ten leader. right, Robbie. The Lions' den. Greg Gard coaches the game of his life. They're gonna let Micah
5: Potter out of jail.
0: <laughs> They're gonna rename the Breslin Center the Guard Center <laughs> at, at about nine o'clock tonight.
2: Yeah, presented by Michael Potter.
0: You know what?
5: I, I I don't I don't see it happening, guys. I don't want to go on a Greg Guard rant. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's 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 keep it happy and positive and, and sense. Positive Packer thoughts your way, but but the realist in me says no chance tonight.
0: At the hey, uh, Thanks, great Rob. stuff. I've you been following man. your work all week at Forbes. I recommend everybody check out Robbie's work, Forbes.com. Thank you, brother. All right, guys. Uh,
5: enjoy the game. See, buddy, we're keep, talking about a
0: wait for him next week. Keep your guard up. goes the dynamite. It's our Packer insider, Rob Rice. You'll follow him at Forbes.com. <laughs> it's our buddy Raphael, our handicapper to the stars from my bookie. Morning, Rap. <laughs>
3: Morning. How are you guys?
0: Uh, I am nervous, great, Raphael, dude. but we excited. We, we're yeah, drinking wine today. We've had a bottle of wine so far on the air. A listener who owns a winery sent us a case of wine. So we've been drinking all mm. morning.
2: It's delicious. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, Wisconsin nights, Raphael, we drink whenever.
3: Yep. I was just going to say, for you guys being in Wisconsin, I think that was a law that you have to have a cocktail in you by, by 10 o'clock a.m. Yep.
0: I'm going to have a lot of cocktails the teat. Uh, in me on Sunday, Raphael. Let's start with the early game. Uh, what's your take on this? I say the, the Tennessee Titans remind me of the 2010 Green Bay Packers coming in as a 6 seed, needing to get some help just to get into the playoffs. You figure it out late. You beat the number one in three seeds already in Baltimore and New England, that they're this hot team. Do you feel like the momentum is real and the Titans might be the play on Sunday?
3: Uh, if I can get a better number, like seven and a half or eight, when I thought the number would move around, then, yeah, I think Tennessee's a play. But if I think if it stays at solid seven or maybe even come down because the public is betting Tennessee just because the public always bets what they see on TV last or what they see on TV that's cashed in before, which is the Tennessee Titans. Then I might take a shot at the, I think Kansas City, if it's going to be offense per offense, I'm sorry. There's no way Tennessee will be able to uh, match up with Kansas City. I like Kansas City's uh, offense better than Tennessee's, even though they have Derrick Henry. But I think the big key stop is KC. Their defense has not played that bad. I know they gave up some bad points last week, but that was a lot of some junky plays, some uh, weird plays in the first quarter. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus seven at home.
0: Wow. Uh, Raphael from my bookie with us. Uh, hey, by the way, Raphael, uh, we have the radio promo going. I had two people uh, tweet me last night. They took advantage. Talk about this uh, awesome deal that you guys are running right now uh, with our Joe and Evo listeners.
3: Yeah, I mean, you got to use the word promo. use the promo radio for all uh, you uh, Joe and Evo fan listeners. You can get up a reload bonus up to $500. First sign-up oh, oh, bonus up to $1,000. It's just a great way... We have tons of prop bets. You know me, guys, just putting prop bets and prop bets. And if you ever have any questions, if you can't find anything on the site, tweet me out, DM me. Uh, I try to jump on and try to find answers for you ASAP. And I
0: can. that's verified, Raphael. Last week we were out at a pregame show, and somebody wanted to make a first touchdown bet. I tweeted you. You sent me the link. We made the bet. So that's verified. Raphael, a full-service handicapper.
3: Hey, I don't mind doing it. I love helping people out to try to get that coin.
0: You're a
2: legend on Twitter, Raphael. I love it, dude.
0: Hey, uh, Raphael, before we get to your game pick, you said prop bet, so give me one. What's a good prop bet for the NFC Championship game that you like on Sunday?
3: Uh, I'm going to take one coming out of your backyard. The most passing yards in the Conference Championship uh, two games. Give me Aaron Rodgers. Three to one. Everyone thinks Patrick Mahomes is going to go wild again, minus 180, but I think the run game for both teams Chiefs and Tennessee are gonna maybe overshadow Tannehill and Mahomes. Give me Aaron Rodgers because let's face it, if Green Bay wins on on Sunday on the road in San Francisco, it's because of Aaron Rodgers and his arm. And so give me the three to one on that. Hey, right. I,
2: Go ahead. I was just gonna say, can you make a prop bet of how many times Aaron Rodgers being snubbed by the 49ers is referenced on the <laughs> broadcast?
3: I'm sure. Ooh, I, you know what? I'll look into that. Uh, they've always wanted me to do, uh, I'm working on some more Conor McGregor uh, prep bets right now, but when I'm done with that, I'll look at, I'll look
0: into that. Hey, Rap, we got a quick two-minute sports flash. Can we hold you over real quick? Because obviously I got a lot more from sure. you, so alright, cool. Yeah, you, All right. just, you just chill, baby. Just All right, chill. Hang on. We're going to keep him in the bullpen warming up for two minutes. We will get yeah. more. Yeah, because I do want to talk McGregor, Cerrone with him for tomorrow night, and obviously more on the NFC Championship game. Our Vegas Insider back in two minutes. Our man, our handicapped For the stars, Raphael, kind enough to hang out through the break. I mean, Raphael, I can't give you five minutes. I mean, I need need more gambling in my veins, broski.
3: That's why I'm here for you guys. Uh,
2: Raph, let me ask you, man. So you had a lot of prop bets out for the press conference between Conor McGregor and Cowboy. I forget the exact number you had for F-bombs dropped by Conor McGregor, but that was the most subdued, respectful I would say most boring Conor McGregor press conference I've ever seen. Was there any f bombs by Conor <laughs> McGregor?
3: I think he had. I think. I think we posted one. Uh, he said one right off when he uh, when he predicted he was going to knock him out. Uh, he dropped. Uh, uh, he dropped the f bomb So there was one. It we was told It was over under six and a half. I mean the whole press conference. I was I was falling asleep there. I, I felt I know, like dying yeah. on, on the bench at the Detroit Pistons. All
2: he kept saying was like how much he respected and, and loved Cowboy. That and, was lame. And how there'd be bloodshed, but there wouldn't be any bad blood.
3: The, the one thing I've been telling people, and I've heard this before, the interview of ESPN, that he quit drinking for his camp, and he has not had a cocktail. And I think what I, when I saw when he was with the Mayweather press conference, I literally saw him pounding shots before the press conference. So, I think that was a sober Conor. That's the reason why he was so mellow, not what we've seen in the past, where uh, well was maybe some drinks in him before the press conference started. So, uh,
0: Raphael, we, we're big into the, the combat sports. We have a big uh, local event we do here that's coming up next week. We do the Wisconsin wrestling. So we love our MMA. This fight's obviously in Vegas tomorrow night. I, I got to get your take on this. Boots on the ground. Conor McGregor minus 350. He hasn't fought or won a UFC fight in like over two years is this like a
3: fool's errand to take this bet tomorrow night? You have to kind of look at it two ways. All right? If you're a doubt on Cowboys, throne, he's older. He has he, His chin has gotten a lot softer the older he gets, and we all know Connor has some fast hands, and that's how Connor would probably win this fight if he knocks him out. If it goes to the ground, then, yes, the Cowboy will win this. But if you're a UFC fan and maybe you like Connor, you dislike him, this is huge. This can make 2020 big for your sports. Because let's face it, if Conor McGregor wins here, He's got three other fights that he can go in the UFC. He can fight Jose Romazzo. He's talking about fighting Kahib in Egypt towards the end of the season. He wants to fight two more times in the boxing ring. If you're a UFC fan that has stock prices or just a fan of it, you need Conor McGregor to win this fight. No disrespect to Donald Cerrone, but he doesn't buy pay-per-views. He's not a big limelight. You need Conor McGregor uh, to step up and, and win this match.
0: Uh visiting with our buddy Raphael, my bookie. All right, before we get back to the NFC Championship game, we were talking about Wisconsin uh yesterday and their basketball has kind of saved their season, Raf. And we were predicting yesterday that I said the line was going to be six to eight, and everyone was crushing me. They're like, dude, it's gonna be like three to five. And I'm like, okay. okay. And then I see it open today at nine and a half ten. Uh yes, Michigan State's in first place in the Big Ten, but they just lost by thirty points. Wisconsin's the only team in the country to win back to back road games against top twenty-five teams. Am I looking at this like a homer? That this is like crazy that the Badgers
3: are getting ten tonight? No, I like the Badgers plus I think we oh you know, let's face it, let's say Michigan State will probably win this. Or are they gonna win by double digits? I don't think so. I think Wisconsin loses like around six, five, six points. It's gonna be a close game. If they play Wisconsin ball, dull ball, maybe a low scoring game, then yes, I think I think Wisconsin can easily pull off the upsets. But I got Michigan State winning, but I give me the plus nine and a half. I'm all over that. And I'm waiting because I'm waiting to see if I can get plus ten. Why would you take the nine and a half? See if it goes up to ten. What's your – by the way,
0: Raphael, so twice in the history – so this show, I'm sure you know because you've been with us a long time. This show started from a gambling show. It's called The Action Zone. And only twice in the history of The Action Zone, or now the Joe Nebo Show, we've had to put a hashtag for no more bets. It was hashtag no more bucks bets. That was in the middle of Jason Kidd getting fired. And hashtag no more brewer bets three years ago because they kept teasing us I'm I'm on the 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 edge Raphael of hashtag no more Big Ten bets because this conference is so wacky that every time I make a bet like I'll take Michigan State and they'll lose by 30 or I'll take Ohio State and they'll lose by 20. like is the Big Ten like the most impossible conference right now to make money on?
3: I think it's college basketball in general. I mean, I look at the look at the if you I've been telling people because I've been getting this question a lot from a lot of radios from their conferences. Go to the AP top 25 and look at the top five Gonzaga, (laughs) Baylor, Duke, Auburn, Butler. Okay, Duke, we we figured they would be there, but really the Zags, really Baylor, really Auburn, really Butler. It's just wacky. I think 10 teams can probably win a national championship this year, and I could probably add in maybe two or three more teams. Uh, it's just been a crazy, crazy, crazy college basketball. But yeah, I think Pac-12 and Big Ten basketball has given me all series the size of quarters. Well,
2: ref, what does that do for you in in Vegas? I mean, in my booking and whatnot, when there is no clear cut favorite, is that a good thing for you guys? Is it a bad thing for you guys? Like, make your job harder? What is it?
3: It makes our job a lot harder because we're getting a lot of dog money coming. Using college basketball, we know if Duke's at home, we're gonna we have to put the home favorite maybe two or three more points a little bit higher. But now, like I said, North Carolina is struggling. Villanova has already lost a couple games at home. When do you see that? Wichita State in the top 20. So it makes our job a lot harder because the public is starting to jump on these teams that maybe they wouldn't in years past.
0: Hey, uh, speaking of public, as we walk it back now to Green Bay, so the public money has been kind of wild this week on Tennessee, right? So that, that line's fluctuated a lot. We were talking about this earlier, Raphael. The Packers opened at plus 7.5 Sunday night at about 10 o'clock. Here we are sitting at 9 o'clock Friday morning. The line is still plus plus seven F. It hasn't moved a fraction. Are you at all surprised by the lack of action or movement on this Packer
3: 49er line? No, because if there's any game that's playing on Sunday that's getting two-way action, is this one. Uh, I, I, a lot of money came in at Tennessee right away because, again, the flavor of the month. And then uh, I think the KC betters will probably wait to see if that number comes down. But this Green Bay, San Francisco... Split down the middle. I mean, I think there's. Last time I checked, there was a maybe a little bit lean towards more tickets written on Green Bay than San Francisco. But the dollar amount cat coming in is pretty much even. So that's why the number has pretty much stayed flat. Uh, the uh, the wise guys like the total. They bet the over 45, oh, all the way up to 46 and a half. We're getting hit on the total, not the side.
0: I love it, man! Uh, before we get your NFC Championship game pick, uh, I know you put a lot of great like YouTube videos out, a lot of free picks on Twitter and Instagram. How can folks follow the great Raphael if they want to get uh, involved in championship action?
3: You can follow me on Twitter at vsi sports. You can follow me on Instagram at Rafael Esparza. I do all the crazy odds over at mybookie.ag, and uh, so you'll jump on there. And again, if you have any questions, just use my social media. I try to jump on and answer any questions ASAP.
2: Do you ever sleep? <laughs>
0: No.
3: <laughs> Raphael, speaking of that, uh, from one gambler to the
0: other, how much of a travesty is it? Because I know you have prop bets on this. You sent me the email. How much of a travesty is it that my man, the Sandman, Adam Sandler, and Uncut Gems was snubbed for an Oscar? That movie was incredible.
3: I think the timing of the movie came out is the reason why it got snubbed, not because of the portrayal of what he did, and not because of the acting he did. I just think it was the timing of the movie. This movie was supposed to come out three months in advance but didn't really want to go up against Star Wars and some other ones. So I think they bit themselves with the delay of release. And, And then they get nominated for a Golden Globe. If you don't get nominated for a Golden Globe or win a Golden Globe, don't even think about answering your phone when the Oscar not Or, Raph,
2: could it be because Adam Sandler once says, Shampoo is better. I go on first and clean the hair. No, conditioner
3: is better. I leave the hair silky and smooth. Probably, but that movie was unbelievable. If you that should have won an God. Oscar. That right. should have won an Oscar. That's an Oscar snub right there. All
0: right, Raphael, plus seven and a half. We have uh, an over-under at uh, 46 and a half. How do you see the NFC Championship game Sunday playing out?
3: People always ask me, what's my two most memorable Super Bowls? And I say 1997 when the Packers played the Denver Broncos, I was working at Caesars Palace. Great betting action on that game. 2011, Steelers-Green Bay, great betting action, fun crowd. Green Bay upsets the 49ers. I'm going to take the plus yeah! on that. I didn't think they Bay this game outright. It's yeah. hard to beat a team. It's hard to beat a team twice in a, in a season, and they got blown away the last time these two teams played. Revenge gets reserved on Sunday. Give me Green Bay. Give me Aaron Rodgers plus seven and a half.
2: Raphael, I could kiss you right now.
0: I'm dancing, Raphael. You can't see me, it but I'm dancing. Talking, but could it could be the wine talking, but kiss It could be the two bottles of wine I drank, or it could be your Packer line pick. Thank you, buddy.
3: Take it easy, guys. Have a great weekend. Love you. Wow.
0: There he is. I hear Elvis and Sandstorm playing. Man. One of Vegas' – Is this an Elvis remix? Oh, that is weird. Look at that. How sandstorm, sandstorm and
2: Elvis playing.
0: Nelson, you put in some sandstorm? That was pretty cool. All right. He likes Wisconsin tonight. Real quick, before we get – because obviously we got a huge really? basketball game tonight. You're a wrestling guy. I'm a wrestling guy. We're Our station's now a wrestling station. How big is tonight? I can't wait to be down there. Wisconsin Wrestling Show live from 7-8 from the Fieldhouse. Number four, Wisconsin – Number three, Ohio State. RJ, it's like the volleyball. If you've never been to the field, and watched a UW volleyball game or a wrestling match, it's it's turn back the clock. You feel like when you walk in there, you're walking into like 1980. It's yeah. awesome. That, it's going to be insane in there tonight. I can't wait.
4: Yeah, and seeing the, the crowds come back and that place being... I mean, in the past, it had been, you know, decently full, but now... uh the larger crowds are starting to come in. Um, Your when success comes. Um, so do the fans it, much like volleyball for a while. They were okay. Uh, then the recruits started rolling in. People are like, Ooh, these are big time recruits. Let's Ooh. go, let's go watch the volleyball game. They're good. Things are starting to happen. Um, and, and with this roster that they have right now, um, it, it, it's hard to pick out in the lineup unless, you know, they're sitting a guy for health reasons um, or or whatnot and, you know, a replacement guy goes in. It's hard to look at a match and saying, well, that's a loss and that's a win. You know, it's hard going down that line. And, uh, I mean, you have your, your five core guys who should be getting wins every night. Um, and then when they get into those battles against other top-ranked guys at their weight class, uh, it's a coin flip. It's not like they're going to – Lose or they're going to win, but I mean, that's the kind of thing you're looking for in terms of a, a viable wrestling team, both in duels and in tournaments. Well,
0: RJ, you had a dual meet last night. I assume you're off tonight. I mean, feel free to come join me for the Wisconsin Wrestling Hour.
4: I I, I, <laughs> I have two microphones. You're welcome uh, to join me. I'll, well, we'll see. I think i got to work a couple things out to make that happen. You can always but, tune uh, in on uh, 96.7 FM and
2: 1678.
0: Well, I, I tune in. Or, or MadCitySports.com. Mad 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 Sports <laughs> Chris Bono will join us live tonight, RJ, what at 7.15. And John Reader, a world team member, will join us at 7.30 tonight.
4: I, I will be listening. Okay, buddy.
0: Okay. RJ, sir. Uh, all right. Oh, well, let's get the non basketball then. How about the hockey? Um, we have Barry Ricker in here on Wednesday. I, man, I mean, look, this team is like, talk about like the, te- we think the basketball team teases you. <laughs> Dude, the,
2: hockey, the, the team?
0: hockey team just like rips your soul out. They, they're ranked third in the country in, in October, RJ. Now they're 8 and 11. And then they come back Saturday night and beat the eighth ranked team in the country and destroy them and look like a team that could win it all. Like, I think they're going to
4: beat Michigan State tonight and tomorrow, but. Yeah, I have, like, no confidence that that's going to happen. Right. You you can't assume it with this team. Uh, Last Friday, I mean, they made every dumb penalty, every kind of dumb pass, and it it was just like uh, the team learning to play hockey together again. And then Friday night, uh, changing goaltender, and maybe that's all it took. Uh, But... Something changed, and all of a sudden it looked like that team that that swept Duluth earlier in the year. So, Barry's in that, (laughs) and and that (laughs) could be it. Um, Right now, it it seems you know, the this team is really just missing an elite goaltender. And I'm not saying Lebedev and Barry aren't good, Barry, Um, they are, but on the level of expectation this team should have for its goaltenders for the amount that they've put in in the past. I mean, there's been a big drop off at talent at goaltender lately. And I think if you can start getting elite goaltending recruits in here, uh, then we might see that turn back. Cause if you get a guy who uh, as Barry says, lets in those greasy goals, oh, I miss greasy goals, RJ, it's not in your favor. For winning games.
2: No, I'm not a recruiter, and but I'll play one on the Joan Ebo show. And I don't think <laughs> I see anyone doing this in the NHL or college hockey. What if you got a, an absolute unit, like a dude that's four pushing maybe 500 bills, and you put them up in those hockey pads? Do you just block the entire goal? Can you do that?
4: I'd, I'd assume you can, but I like mean, just covered
2: the five hole. Everything wasn't else that, like, is covered
0: was covered. Was it the Mighty Ducks or yeah. what was that? Where they Goldberg? put the yeah, they put the fat
4: kid as goalie.
2: <laughs> Why do not you just get a unit? And then there. they
4: replaced him in the shootout with Julie. The has anyone Gaffney? thought
2: of that? You just get a guy that's yeah, like,
4: just get a big fat guy like, and play goalie. Six hundred
2: pound life from TLC. And recruit that guy. I, like job of the hut, laying can,
4: in front of a goal. Can he skate? Doesn't, need doesn't to matter. He Doesn't need to skate. <laughs> All he's got to do is protect this five in, in fact, it, RJ, we you, don't want him to skate. We just tell him to. Uh, Evo's yeah, right. Like, Job of the hut doesn't it, move. It don't just lays move. In. If you found a guy who can cover the length and height of the goal, I I don't like, see I why. I want a guy
2: that the Zamboni driver's like. I don't know how I'm gonna fix this one.
4: Yeah. When he's out on the ice. Well, I mean, if if you can pull it off, might as well. I right? know
2: Granado's and Strobel's listening. Go recruit him. I want Job <laughs> I love of the Hut. I want Job of the Hut. <laughs> Goal tendon
4: Hey, are they like
0: RJ? Are we? Uh, should we get to the point though? Final thought of this. All seriousness. If they serious. don't turn this thing around, I mean, are we at the point where we question if this, they're going to make another change after this? Because <laughs> it's year four. I mean, you get year one is always it's a do over. It's nothing yeah. because it's the other coaches, players, recruits. Year two, it's like it's tiny bit. You're expected to win. Year three, it's like let's see some progress. Year four is where results need to happen. This is year four. This is the year, whether it's Paul Christ or Greg Gard or Tony Granado, if you're not winning by year four, you're on the clock. And they're not winning yet.
4: Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure we're there yet. I mean, from the time they made the their that postseason appearance under Eves, uh, the second time after winning the national championship, Um, somehow recruiting went down, um, and the talent level in this program was pretty low. I mean, you had Mr. Hockey's from the state of Wisconsin going elsewhere and finding success at other programs. You weren't bringing that guy in. You weren't bringing in some of the elite Canadian talent they used to bring in. You weren't bringing in (laughs) the Minnesota guys that used to come in here. Um, it's been... And I hope they get the chance to keep building this. Because, I mean, we even talked about it from three years ago where you had two guys with NHL uh, rights on this team to now double digits. And I I hope it's not the end uh, or coming to an end for a new coach because after you bring in a guy who's got NHL experience, uh how are you going to get that's 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 what's crazy about it? who are you
0: going to get that's better than tony Granado to coach this team like who are you going to get that's a better nhl proven guy wisconsin legend loves the city this would be a dream like if this doesn't work
4: my question <laughs> is who can
0: like right who can if, the, if this guy can't make it work who can ever make it right. work here
4: and you you even look at his assistant coaches uh marco Siki has a great track uh, record of developing defensemen and getting them to be NHL superstars. Um, So, I mean, this staff, in their recruiting and everything, has what it takes. It's just, I think we have to realize Wisconsin hockey fell so far that it's going to take a while to get back there. And hopefully the athletic department notices that. I mean, this year, I believe there was an uptick in ticket sales. Tickets are up. Uh, So that's good. When that happens, it kind of keeps job security uh, a little more uh, off the hot seat. Um, And I really feel this team, this coaching staff, needs more time to really change the culture. Because, I mean, you have three first-round draft picks on this team right now.
2: Look at Minnesota, though. They're struggling. Right. How? How? In what universe did you ever think that Minnesota hockey would struggle? But then on
4: they're, the flip they're side— They're not even the number one—not even the number three team in their like, state right now. Like, you have
0: Arizona State. That's what I was going to say. On the flip side, you have Penn State and Arizona State who just started <laughs> hockey five years ago mm-hmm. and are both ranked in the top ten. So the comeback is, Wisconsin, you've got 100 years of history. You've got six national titles. This is embarrassing because Penn State's been around for five years. They're ranked eighth in the country. What's your excuse, Wisconsin? Yeah,
4: and and the funny thing is uh, with them, they started playing with guys who were just moved over from the club team to fill roster spots. Yeah. And whatever they bought into what Guy Godowski was doing, I mean, it's worked. It's a hell of a name. Uh, it is. It's a great <laughs> name. Guy Godowski. Uh, but they, those, those guys who essentially would have been – walk-ons anywhere else were winning with whatever they put together there. So I mean there's there's ways to go about it. And I mean I'm not sure Wisconsin's ever gonna be that team who fully needs seniors and all that kind of stuff to to get going. Um you know they they need to be that that team that's a good combination of the young studs who've been in, the guys who can be your glue guys and stay for three to four years. And you got to find solid goaltending. Dude, I'm
2: p- telling you what's all goaltending. Job of the Hut. Well,
4: I, <laughs> I know. We haven't found He's him a fictitious yet, character. But I like your 600 <laughs> There's pound <a> guy out <laughs> The
0: there TLC thing. <laughs>